Hello, it's Thursday, September 28th, and welcome to Papercuts, now out five days a week to keep up with your voracious appetite for spicy news gossip. I'm Jacob Jarvis, filling in for the wonderful Miranda Sawyer. Welcome to our modern news review, where we delve into the heart of the papers, draw out their inner secrets, and then cast them to the side quicker than Taylor Swift can dump her latest celebrity love interest. If you enjoy our on-off relationship with the press, remember you can help our proudly independent podcast keep going by joining the Papercuts Supporters Club. Just visit back.papercutsshow.com. That's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow.com to find out how. And if you can't remember that, there's also a link in the show notes. Now, here are the headlines for today's edition. Fox off. GB News suspends Lawrence Fox and Dan Wooten after backlash. Cool Tory, bro. Who are the Tories we should be keeping an eye on in the future? And finally, Blair, Baths and Beyond. We delve into what the columnists are discussing. Welcome to Papercuts, where we read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we dive into a pool of the papers and soak until we get wrinkly. Today I'm joined by New Statesman columnist and author John Elledge. Hello, John. Good morning. And alongside us is comedian and writer Gronya Maguire. Hello, Gronya. Hello, dear Gritch. So, what have we got on the front pages today? Gronya, let's start with you. Okay, so the Daily Star has a big splash. Okay. They're covering with the big scientific news story that eggheads... I love how they're saying, isn't science great, but we're going to neg you. Uh, Now, eggheads have united to sort out dodgy teeth. And it's the story that Japanese clever clogs, again, bit of an egg, have invented a way to regrow teeth. And to illustrate their point, they've got a lovely picture of, I think this is the Liverpool football manager, Jurgen Klopp. And I'm not saying that they couldn't find a single picture of a British person with nice teeth that they had to go with a a German football manager, but a lovely picture of him smiling away, showing what nice teeth look like. Boffin sorting out the dental crisis. I feel like we're obsessing about the teeth story. It keeps coming up on this show. Yeah, yeah, it's a throwback. It was on the the sort of Russell Brand rumble ads. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday as well. This is three days running for the sort of grow your own teeth. Are we being paid? Is that how we're funding this? Yeah, big toothpaste is actually behind the podcast. Uh, What else, Gronia? And then in The Guardian, it's got genuinely, oh my God, like the most boring Guardian headline. No offence, big fan of the paper. But their big splash is HMRC investigating tax affairs of one of Tory party's largest donors. So, I mean, that is an interesting story, isn't it? But it doesn't doesn't really feel it there. Well, it feels like they're, <laughs> it's like they're trying to get like Twitter trending. Like, who is the Tory party's <laughs> largest donor? Hinted at being investigated by HMRC for dubious tax returns. We've all got our ideas of who it could be. <laughs> it is, I mean, it's a little bit iffy. I think it's a chap called Lord Bamford, who's the uh, chair of, of JCB, uh, has given a lot of money to the party and coincidentally has not been paying as much tax as he could have been, maybe, allegedly. Um, so it is worth, it's certainly worth investigating, I yeah. think. Uh, John, what other front pages have we got? So the eye has gone with uh, Labour U-turns on plan to axe private school charity status, uh, which I'm not I'm not entirely sold on that headline. I'm not sure it is a U-turn. I think they've just found a... 
It depends whether you think the point is to axe the charitable status or to start charging them VAT and making a load of money out of it. And if, if it's the latter, this is just a clever way of doing it. Um, but, you know, U-turns make for better headlines. They've almost outboard the, the Guardian there, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, it's fascinating <laughs> well stuff. Well done. A lot of the, the tabloids and mid-market papers actually have the same very, very upsetting yes. story. Uh, the Sun has Girl 15, Knife to Death, Saving Pow. Uh, the Mirror is Every Parent's Nightmare. And Daily Mail stabbed to death in her uniform on the way to school. Uh, this is the story of a 50, an unnamed 15-year-old in, in the Croydon area in, in South London uh, who, who was uh, stabbed with a foot-long knife and sadly died at the Very scene. Grim. And, and uh, there's a really upsetting quote from one of the police involved about how this is the first stabbing of a teenager in Croydon in, I think, 13 months. And it's just one of those statistics that's kind of jarring, yeah. isn't it? That's just not really a very long time. It's not a long time at all. And Croydon is like it's it's had a lot of it's had a lot of stabbings, but on a per capita basis, it ranks only tenth. So there is there is a really upsetting amount of knife crime out there. It must be said. Well, bleak front pages today. It's not a happy day. Now, GB News hasn't exactly been known for high standards in its time on air, but its latest controversy seems to have somehow united every media outlet in anger. Dan Wooten and Lawrence Fox have both been taken off air with the iFront page branding GB News as being in crisis over sexist rant. John, talk us through the story here of what's going on and um, how we got to where we are. So, so uh, I feel we should declare an interest. Uh, the story concerns uh, Ava Santina or Ava Evans, as she also is, is known professionally sometimes, who was a guest on the podcast earlier yes. this week, uh, and is and is also a friend of mine. Uh, there was a conversation on on Dan Wooten's show on GB News with Lawrence Fox, in which Fox basically went off on an absolutely unhinged misogynist rant mm. about. Um, I, I genuinely couldn't watch it. I got about halfway through because yes. it's just it's so horrific watching someone talk about a friend that way, mm. <laughs> referring to to a very successful and impressive young journalist entirely based on her her shakeability. Um, which turns out was was too far even for GB News. Yes. There was a there's been a massive backlash. Uh, Lawrence Fox was was suspended quite quickly. Uh, remains, I think, pretty unrepentant about it all. Yeah. Um, Dan Wooten claimed to have uh, he issued a, a sort of apology, claiming he was laughing along out of awkwardness. Uh, at which point Fox. Uh, tweeted a screenshot of a WhatsApp conversation between the two of them in which he said, Anne Wooten was like sort of saying, oh, you make me laugh so much or that kind of thing. You, you making me laugh is the highlight of my week sort of thing. GB News has has now suspended Wooten as well. Uh, there has been a, it's been criticism from, from frankly, a lot, across quite a lot of the political spectrum. Yes. It's not just from, from the left. There have been uh, a number of people within GB News who have spoken out and said they're uncomfortable with this. There's anonymous quotes from producers and so on. Uh, even presenters like Tom Harwood. You know, Harwood is not someone with whom I agree very often, but I think that was actually quite a brave thing for him to do. Yeah, what has Ava actually said on this? I feel like we should really, you know, that should be more front and centre than it than it is a little bit at the moment. Too. Uh, I'm just going to read the quote from her here, uh, from from the Politics Joe podcast. She said, I feel I've been put into the middle of a furore and a story I didn't ask to be put into. I think it speaks to a wider power dynamic, an antiquated practice of not being able to properly challenge a woman on her words and just going for her levels of attractiveness or her shakability. Gronya, this is just very tiring, isn't it, <laughs> to be honest? It's so mad. Like, it, GB News has come such a long way. Remember when it was just like Andrew Neil's weird yeah. new project? Mm. 
with and terrible lighting and things <laughs> falling over. <laughs> it looked like it was filmed on a CCTV camera. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like with this, it's almost like Emperor's New Clothes in that low-level misogyny and, you know, conspiracy theories and all that stuff. It was very much sort of subtext on GB okay. News. And I feel like this moment, it's text. Mm. It's so, like obvious like we it's so grubby and there's no veneer of like oh we're just being provocative or you know we're saying what everybody's thinking I think just the mask is sort of dropped and yeah. people are quite rightly really horrified by these two grubby nasty little men sneering at a woman in the most like degrading base like sub in betweeners a script way. So the the eye has nearly two pages on this. Can you talk me a little bit through through the coverage of the story and what what kind of angles they're they're going at here? I know there's stuff like, for example, the question of MPs being on this channel and all that sort of thing too. Yeah, it's quite an impressive little spread actually. They've got they've got a lengthy story uh, about the political implications. Uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg presents a show there. So does Philip Davis, MP. Uh, there is no pressure, as I understand it, for anyone to stop doing that. The deputy chair of the Conservative Party, Lee Anderson, obviously has a show as well. What do you think's made this particular story cut through? Because there's lots of horrible stuff on GB News, but this seems to have really, it's really taken on. Yeah, way. no, we kind of because it was sort of out there a bit yesterday, but the papers have really gone for it today, mm. which is why we, we, we were talking about it. Um, I don't know. I think it is. There is a sort of alchemy to these things where things kind of reach a pitch of outrage. So I have wondered if to some extent this is like it has kind of people have been looking for a way of kind of talking about the subject. Uh, and it kind of feels like, they're like you know, by, by going off on this, this absolutely disgusting misogynistic rant, Fox has kind of given everyone a target. Yeah. Could this make, you know, all the other stuff kind of die down on the on the channel? Could this actually make, you know, there be any sort of intervention over the, well, just utter nonsense, conspiracy theories, whatever else it might be? Or is it also just highlighting, you know, as the paper seems to show, that it's just everyone seems to be toothless over this. No one seems to be getting to grips with it. Yeah, I mean, there's... So the the, the, the broadcaster and commentator, Dr Matthew Sweet, has been um, doing a lot of work in this area and, and basically just sort of documenting the fact that GB News has a number of presenters who are out there basically promoting conspiracy theories. And what they find interesting about the response to to a lot of this from not only within the media and politics, but within the station itself, is you can now kind of see fault lines between people who are like who 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 would like there to be kind of like a right wing talk station where they can kind of like push certain ideas and ones who are just like unhinged off into this, you know, with no limitation whatsoever. And it feels to me like some of the saner people involved are being like, well, you know, we we don't want to be involved with that stuff either. This is, uh, I think, what I find so frustrating about these sort of it's GB News and these sort of like far right men's rights activists in inverted commas, is that it all started out because Jeff Norcott a comedian and a writer was making a very interesting point about the needs for people to give more attention to men's health, at the suicide rates amongst young men and for having a minister for men. That was what it was about and that has now been completely lost. Ava and Jeff Norcott did have an exchange on Twitter yesterday. They had a very nice exchange of ideas, saying, you know, respectful and, you know, acknowledging, like, it is possible to go on television and disagree strongly yeah. without making it personal. It's now just become, you know, men saying grubby things about female journalists.
If there's one thing we love talking about, it is rubbish Tories, and it seems the papers can't get enough of that either. In the eye, Katie Balls of The Spectator has written a piece about the Conservative Party's future, and the New Statesman has also done its own right power list of the most influential Conservative thinkers around at the moment. There are also pieces about all sorts of Tory chaos and mayhem in the news and how badly they're doing in, in the polls. John, talk me through this piece in the eye. What's it on about and, and why now? So it's sort of fascinating uh, in the run up to uh, its Tory conference next week, obviously. So it is it is a week. A lot of the politics pages are going to be talking about conservatives. Uh, Katie Balls has written this piece, which is kind of looking at the future of the party. And it doesn't bode well that the political editor of The Spectator, who is kind of the in-house journal of the Conservative Party, is writing a column in a national newspaper about the future of that party and it's entirely about the leadership election that's going to happen yeah. after they've lost. <laughs> like, that is what it is about. It's not about anything they are doing now while they're in government. It's about how do we pick up the pieces of this disaster that is coming down the tracks. Um, and the amazing thing about it is it kind of talks through all the different factions and the dis- different possibilities. It talks about Suella Bravman. It talks about um, the social conservative uh, Miriam Cates. It talks about Grant Shapps as a possible kind of like contender from the sort of centrist wing of the party as being like, you know, I'm the competent guy who can put it back together. It talks about James Cleverley as the, the guy who might be the one left standing when all the others have been taken out by factions because they hate them more than anybody else. But the sort of punchline of the piece is like, it's really difficult to predict any of this because with the polls as they are now, most of these people are not keeping their seats. So like this piece repeatedly talks about a politician, what they represent, who their supporters are. And then it goes, oh, but the political betting sites currently have them on a 15% chance of being in parliament after the next election. It is actually a magnificent read if you're kind of into Tory pain. So what they're saying, either they're going to be prime minister or in a job centre in like two years time a year and a half something like that yeah um i mean the, the so the frightening thing about it is as far as i can see the the, the ones who have the most chance of of the contenders who have the greatest chance of, of retaining their seats do seem to be Braverman and Kemi Badenoch, who are both very much of the right of the party. Great. I, I hear you're quite interested oh. in Kemi Badenoch. What's your, your fascination there? I'm obsessed there? with her. I am obsessed with that agent of chaos. <laughs> I genuinely, she gives, I genuinely, she's like the Loki of the Tory party. <laughs> I just, so I'm like a dithery, left-wing people pleaser. I have fantasies where just, it wouldn't last long. I could never ride that bookaroo. But, like, imagine Kemi being your best friend. She'd change your life. Like, she would change. She is my manic pixie dream Tory. I imagine her just coming in, being like, what are you doing? Sort yourself out. Text him back. Dump him. You need a fringe. Right, I'm going for drinks. Oh, my. Can you imagine? Like, I'd just be like a night out with Kemi. Yeah, you get thrown out of bars. Yeah, there'd be a row. <laughs> but you'd be changed. <laughs> and then she'd never reply to any of your text messages again. That's it. Done. She's dropped yeah, you. Yeah, missing for six months at a time, one of those <sighs> mates. John, so Suella Braverman is the other person who's kind of looks like they might actually not lose a seat here. Yeah. Is all of this discussion actually as well because she's being an agent of chaos in her own way too? What's going on there? She's on the front page of The Times is sort of linked to her, isn't it? She's very much setting herself up as the standard bearer of of the right of the party. Um, And it's not clear to me whether this is happening with the Prime Minister's permission because he agrees with these views 
or or it's kind of useful for him to have someone out there kind of banging the drum against you know international law and human rights and all that stuff, or whether he's just too weak to actually stop it happening. I really have no idea. Um, should we talk briefly about the new statesman's right power list, yes. which is the first they've do. done a left power list for many years. I have to say, like you know, I, I I've been writing for the new statesman for many years. I was on staff for quite a while, so I am I am biased here, but I do think this is a magnificent piece of trolling. <laughs> that the top of the list number two. Rishi Sunak, Prime Minister. Number one, Nigel Farage, GB News presenter and former Brexit party leader. I mean, that's a damning piece of trolling, isn't it? (laughs) The headlines are the really juicy bit of the papers. They're to zest up even the dullest of down-page tales. And here at Papercuts, we absolutely love finding the best ones. So what gems have we spotted today? Gronya, what have you got? Well, so in the sun, uh, they have a story about how British boffins, again. Boffins again. (laughs) The nerds. Those bloody boffins have invented the first, and inverted commas, cancer-free hot dogs. Which again, it feels like they're burying the main story in the... (laughs) 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 What? Uh, I didn't know hot dogs gave cancer. Anyway, they've solved the problem that we didn't even know that there was. To the fury of the Germans, and the headline is, Frank Goodness. Why are the Germans apparently furious? Do they actually explain that in any way, or is it just it's because the they've, they've warped Frankfurters? They just sort of assume they're like, those, oh, you know, this will annoy you. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, there's one in the mirror as well, isn't well, there? Well, it's another big dental story. Okay. You know, the I, I genuinely... Maybe we should all go to Turkey and get, like, teeth implants. With <laughs> All the clips will just be completely beaming <laughs> smiles, surely. Like, are the Bee Gees hosting this podcast? <laughs> uh, well, the story of uh, Johnny Rotten, um, he's having dental problems at the moment. His teeth are falling out. And the headline is, Johnny Rotting. Okay. I mean... It's, it works. It's just, I don't, I'm, I'm curious as to what the story really is. It's just man gets older and teeth aren't great. Yeah. That seems to be it to me, which isn't really, isn't much of a tale, I wouldn't say. He's, I feel like they've been sitting on that headline for a while. Yeah, yeah they just wanted to use it. John, you've got a, a double whammy from the sun as I well. I do, more joy from the sun. They've got one that's very much, I'm going to be honest, it's picture led. So if we can see it very well <laughs> on the podcast. It's a lovely picture of it's, Kate. it's an amazing picture of um, the Princess of Wales. Uh, and she's been to a nursery uh, mm-hmm. involved. You know, she's been playing with very, very young children. Uh, she's been pretending to be a tiger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the headline is Catherine the Great. Lovely. <laughs> like free advertising there for, for Frosties. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've also got one about, about Bradford. We do. This is a story about Britain's cheapest night out. And uh, as you say, this is in the the city, the much underrated city of Bradford, I have to say. If anyone's ever been, it's absolutely fucking gorgeous. No one ever says go to Bradford. It's a really nice place. But it is one of the most beautiful cities in Britain. Anyway, uh, it's apparently really cheap to go out there. Uh, The average for a night out in the UK is £29. In London, it's £46. Uh, Bradford, it's just £21. Uh, And the headline is Bradford. Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. £21 doesn't sound that cheap compared to like my uni days, really. I used to be able to go out for a fiver. In this I'm, I'm old enough that I used, used to be able to get like four pint jugs of lager at Jumping Jacks in Romford for a fiver. <laughs> like, great days. <laughs> Half a pint now. 
In this edition, we've decided to take a look at the personalities that make up the papers. No, not celebrities or politicians, but the columnists. With their hard-hitting hot takes, today they're talking about Tony Blair, Gordon Brown and Baths. Thankfully, not all at the same time. John, can you tell me about Alistair Heath's latest piece in The Telegraph, which is talking about these two big labour beasts of the past, isn't it? I love Alistair Heath. I mean, firstly, so he, he's the editor of The Sunday Telegraph. Um, one of the things I love about him is until, I don't, he's a couple of years older than me, but until not that long ago, he would put his age in all his pro, he would say, you know, Alistair Heath, 35, <laughs> is the, because he was quite successful at quite young, and at some point he's now in his mid-40s, at some point he's quietly stopped doing that. <laughs> like a kid's painting on the yeah. fridge. <laughs> hasn't, he, hasn't, hasn't young Alistair done well for himself? Um, but he's, he's, uh, he's, his, his latest uh, brain fart has the amazing headline, Blair and Brown still rule Britain, Rishi Sunak's only hope is to crush them, uh, which, so far as I can tell, is basically arguing that uh, reality has a liberal bias. Um, can I can I read out some other Alistair Please, Heath headlines? Because yeah. they're all they're all corkers. Um, the furious blob will try to destroy Rishi Sunak for his net zero heresy. Joe Biden is becoming dangerous. Remove him now before it's too late. <laughs> the lunacy of climate change fanatics is driving humanity to extinction. You thought it was climate change itself, but no, it's the people who are fighting about it. Nat West has exposed the decadence of our second-rate new elite. I have literally no idea what Nat West has done. It's just, honestly, every headline is a corker. I feel like all that should be, you know, like scrolling down the screen, like at the start of Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) It is a time of woke blobs. Right, going from these these hot takes, let's go to to hot tubs now. Uh, Quentin Letts is banging on about baths in the Daily Mail. That was an amazing segue. <laughs> I know. Hey, that's what, you know, that's what I'm here for. He's begging that we don't let the tide go out on bath time. He's positively begging that, really. It's in massive, massive letters. Uh, John, this is weirdly, it's a follow-on story from a piece apparently suggesting that baths are going out of fashion, which I don't think is really a completely new thing, is it? What what's his argument here? And not that it is an argument, because he's arguing with no one. I mean, I think there it's it's partly like you know, to, hot water is expensive these days because energy is expensive, and I think there are environmental reasons to have fewer baths. Um, I'm probably the wrong person to speak to about this because I bloody love a bath. I'm going to be controversial here. This is proper like balanced question time panel. I I I don't like baths. And I think what is wrong with you? <laughs> this is the thing. I, I, every time I go, I genuinely feel like I'm doing baths wrong because I know people enjoy them. Oprah Winfrey, famously, she loves a bath. She loves a bath. So I feel I keep trying, and every time if I'm sitting in a hotel and they've got a nice bath, I think, right, I'm going to do baths properly. I'm going to do. I'm going to light a candle, get a glass of wine, I'm, and then I get in and I just feel stuffy straight away. Yeah. So I think you liberal elite in your big (laughs) pots of boiling water burn you all down I'm anti-bath right finally on the on these weird and wonderful columnists that we've got here there's a really strange one in the Telegraph asking the question why would any man date Taylor Swift so this is uh, Michael Deacon in the Telegraph um in his weekly column, I assume, talking about how awful it must be to go out with Taylor Swift because he said it would be dreadful because if you went out with, you know, basically she looks like a supermodel, she's 
I assume a billionaire, got her own private jet, probably has like hangs out with the Obamas at a weekend. <laughs> the dreadful things that could happen if you went out with Taylor Swift is she could write about you in her songs yeah. if you broke up with her. Which I think considering he has a weekly column in a newspaper, which I assume he's you know, he has to cannibalize his own personal life fifty two weeks a year. Columnists are the ones to be bloody avoiding if you I, don't want to be mentioned. I, I, I think you would find it difficult to, to sustain the argument that Michael Deacon has a wider fan base than Taylor Swift, to be honest. <laughs> I think probably, even if it's only one album every three years, I think if there's a whole Taylor Swift album about what terrible boyfriend you were. You're going to be remembered as that forever. Whereas like Michael, De- if, if Michael Deacon says that someone was a bit shitty to him... <laughs> Yeah, who's going yeah. to remember that next week? All the people touching in Waitrose. All the, oh, you don't <laughs> me- you don't mess with the Telegraph readers. What I find interesting though is this is basically um, I mean no shade to, no shade on Michael Deacon, <laughs> but this is basically the Lawrence Fox thing again. Yeah. it's just the sort of it's gone up the class ladder a little bit. This is kind of the posher version of like yeah. complaining about women having opinions and therefore being unattractive in some way. All these tiresome people. Like take put aside for the fact that if let's say. Tomorrow we opened up the newspaper and said, Taylor, do you hear Taylor Swift's new boyfriend is? She's going out with Telegraph columnist Michael Deacon. I think he'll take the hit that maybe in two Absolutely. years' time an album track might be snippy about him. Um, but also that that would be the reason to be behave nicely to your girlfriend. Yeah, surely the tip is just be a good boyfriend. Yeah. If you're a good boyfriend to Taylor Swift, which she's crying out for, then yeah. you're, you're perfect, really, aren't you? You're don't, golden. Don't be like, my criteria for dating somebody is they must have no artistic avenue in which to express any problems we might be having in our relationship. <laughs> that is a deal breaker. Your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell. And me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. Away from the news, there are also the enjoyable and fluffy pieces in the newspapers telling us what jeans to wear and how to make really specific bits of our bodies better. Now, today they aren't just talking about what we need to buy, but also when to buy it. In what appears to just be a big advert for Ricardo, Esther Walker has written about the most divisive time of the year. And she's written a piece headlined, Yes, I've booked my Ricardo Christmas slot. Don't judge me. (laughs) Grania, can you talk me through this story? This is a conversation that's taking place across every household in the United Kingdom right now. Have you booked your Cado Christmas week delivery spot yet? <laughs> um, well, don't worry, because Esther Walker has. There's a Happy Cado Smart Pass Christmas slot week, which, of course, every household uh, celebrates. And it is about her passion for being super organised, that she has organised her delivery spot in advance, the week of Christmas, and how you do it, how you make sure that your spot is confirmed is you put two bottles of champagne 
in your basket so you get the minimum of the £90 spend to secure, secure your slosh. Okay, I'd go for like 20 bottles of Books Fizz instead. <laughs> That'd be my way of doing it, not the two champagnes. John, I mean, there are some fantastic quotes in this, aren't there? There's one where it's uh, about the conversation with her friend Bridget. So, yeah, she's she's on the telephone to her sister. That's the context here. My friend Bridget is asking why we would bother, I say. Why don't we just go up to the shops on Christmas Eve? There is a pause on the end of the line as my sister grapples with the plain insanity of this. <laughs> plain insanity. Now, I sort of admire this genre of column, though, like just like getting really sort of passionate about something slightly ridiculous that you know is slightly ridiculous. Yeah. Like, to be fair, like she's not actually trying. Like, there's a lot of like ironic asides in this. But I do kind of think like maybe this is the sort of thing. Like my mother always starts asking what my Christmas plans are in about July. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thank you to John for joining us. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. And thank you to Gronya. If you're listening, Taylor Swift, I will go out with you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we're now out five days a week, and we would be really grateful for your support to carry on making sense of the papers for you every weekday. We are a 100% independent outfit. There is no big media owner behind us or big toothpaste. We spend £600 a month on newspapers alone, so it would be fantastic if you could chip in a little to keep paper cuts on the road for as little as three pounds a month you can get 20 episodes a month without adverts support us with a little more and you could get extended episodes with extra material plus coveted paper cuts mugs and t-shirts follow show notes to back.papercutsshow.com that's b-a-c-k dot to find out more i've been jacob jarvis and you've been listening to paper cuts on a day when the government has advised that brewers should add more alcohol to zero percent booze in an effort to make people drink less Bottoms up on that note. See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Jacob Jarvis. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The managing editor of news was Jacob Jarvis. Production support was by Adam Wright. And the producer was Liam Tate. Music was by Simon Williams. And audio production was by Robin Lieburn. The executive producer was Martin Boytosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. Mm-hmm.